This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I was hacked, okay? I got it. You can stop telling me I was hacked, okay? It all started yesterday afternoon when I got a message from Chewing the Fat fan page, the lady that runs Chewing the Fat fan page, and I got the link, and the link says, is it you in the video with an emoji and a link? And I clicked on it, and then it asked me to do something else, and I was like, oh, crap, this is not right. This is, this is a hack. So I got out of it too late. It's the link that makes the hack. So then I thought nothing happened. And I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe I did catch it in time. Right. New. Then it got sent to everybody on my messengers from Facebook messenger. So, uh, and I continue to get messages to this time of the recording of chewing the fat. You've been hacked. You've been hacked. You've been hacked. I know. Okay. I mean, but thank you for letting me know. I appreciate it. And so, I mean, I changed all the passwords I've done everything you're supposed to do. Sorry. It was an easy mistake. I tell you not to click on those links, but it was a link from someone who I knew, who I was comfortable with getting uh, getting information from, and it, I should have known better. I should have known better because the link wasn't an actual, you know, YouTube link or a, a particular website link. It was just an HTTPS link and I should have known better, but I was in the middle of, you know, it's Sunday afternoon. It's Halloween. I got my kids running around. I'm trying to watch a little football and I see, is it you in the video? And I think, I don't know. Let's see if it's me. And then when I, you know, I click on it and obviously then it asks you to do something else. And I was, ah, crap. So it's not the thing. So, okay. I got it. Okay. I know I was hacked. If you see a link from me on messenger, don't click on it. And I sent a message to Facebook and to Jeff Fisher radio, Facebook page. If you see that link, don't click on it. Okay. I know. Okay. I got it. I got it. Welcome to chewing the fat. And I'd like to say hello to all the people that are waiting to catch a flight out of whatever airport you're stuck in. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Thanks for listening to Chewing the Fat. Look, American Airlines only canceled about 1,600 flights this weekend. That's it, though. Don't worry about it. It was hundreds of flights every day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I know that there were some uh, reports of flight attendant shortages and maybe some pilot shortages here and there, but it was overall a weather thing. Uh, it was windy, and they had closed down uh landing strips and takeoff strips at DFW. DFW is a main hub for American airlines for all over the country. So it really affected it. When one goes down, you know, that is a, it's a domino effect around the country. So, uh, I realized there were other issues, uh, with some of the flight attendants, but when you start canceling those flights, um, then you end up, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's an effect of, well, now we've got to get people to be on the other flights that we're trying to get in and out. And, you know, it was just a nightmare. And I listen, it's a nightmare at an airport 
on a good day, right? When it's a, a normal day at the airport, uh, when it's uh, when you have issues, <laughs> it is not fun at all. I understand that. And then you want to get drunk, but you don't want to get drunk because you want to be able to get on the plane if you can get on a plane. Uh, maybe they should stop selling alcohol uh, airside, but that's another story. And I know you don't want to, you know, I know Southwest tried to help out and uh, alleviate some of the pressure off of American, but you can't fly on Southwest now because <laughs> they had a pilot that said, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> you don't want to fly on an airline like that. When they had one pilot that said, let's go, Brandon, as he was talking to the <laughs> talking to the people on the flight. Oh, my gosh. You can't have that. I, you know, should he have done it? I don't know. You know, whatever. I mean, these are the same people that think it's okay for the flight attendants to wear Black Lives Matter pins. So, you know, sure, it's okay. All right. So the pilot said, let's go, Brandon. Oh, my gosh. How does that affect your flight? It doesn't, really. It doesn't. Or at least it shouldn't. But Colleen Long of the Associated Press said it took place uh, Friday morning on a flight from Houston to Albuquerque. And oh my gosh, we can't have that. She apparently tried to get in and talk to the pilots on the plane and they were like, um, no, it's not going to happen. Your visibility mostly clear skies, 77 degrees. Thanks for now flying the Southwest Airlines. Welcome aboard. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. How can you ever fly on Southwest Air again? <laughs> I love how they try to come after this pilot for his little whispering of, and remember, let's well, go, Brandon. Um, <laughs> that is awesome. I mean, I don't know how you can fly on that airplane or airline ever again because, I mean, saying, let's go, Brandon over a, a PA system is the same as a terrorist act, isn't it? I think it is. I think it is. It's just ridiculous. All right. One of the things that happened on, uh, well, it happened on Thursday, actually. And then Friday, the news broke. And I forgot to mention it. I failed to mention it on Fat Pile Friday. But uh, there's only so many things, okay? So many things I can get to on a show, okay? So I'm sorry. Andrew Cuomo was... uh, yeah, he's in trouble. I know. I know he's in trouble anyway, but he's the former governor of New York. He was hit with a misdemeanor complaint for forcible touching. Now, they're all wound up because he was hit with this misdemeanor complaint, and they didn't even let the accuser know or the prosecutor didn't sign off. And the attorney for Andrew Cuomo accused the sheriff who filed the complaint of playing politics. Well, we wouldn't want to do that. Would we, Andrew Cuomo, or your attorney? We wouldn't want to play politics because you would never do that. So the complaint was filed in Albany City Court, and the complaint is forcible touching a Class A misdemeanor. It's punishable by up to one year in prison or three years probation. 
to get a conviction, the prosecutors must prove that uh, Cuomo forcibly touched the alleged victim, who is uh, Brittany Comiso, the aide, for the purpose of degrading or abusing such person, or for the purpose of gratifying the actor's sexual desire. I would say that's a pretty good case. Anyway, he's got to be in court on November 17th. So we've got that to look forward to, right? And saying, you know, I did say I was sorry, but sometimes sorry just isn't enough. You remember Huma Abedin, wife of Anthony Weiner, assistant right hand uh, to Hillary Rodham Clinton while she was senator of New York, while she was secretary of state, and while she was a presidential candidate. Uh, Uma Abedin was with her throughout, you know, almost every day for years, for years. Well, she's got a new book coming out. I guess she needs some cash. Uh, Hillary's a little low on cash from the foundation. Uma's not working. Uh, you know, Anthony certainly isn't bringing in any money, so she needs to write a book. Uh, you know, good for her. Bless her heart. But uh, she has now claimed that she was sexually assaulted while she was working for then Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton. Oh, oh, what? Yeah. Now, she had put it out of her mind and completely forgot about it until she heard the Ford testimony or she read about it according to the book she read about it and she read about the uh kavanaugh assaulting her in a gathering in high school and that brought it all back that brought these memories back like it was yesterday so apparently they were at some event with hillary and it was all done so they you know were wrapping up and walking out of the event and uh, the senator, who she doesn't name, by the way, so you can make your own guesses on who the senator is, but uh, he asked her, said they met outside the building, they were walking along, and, and they stopped in front of his building, and he said, hey, want to come up for a coffee? <laughs> I don't know that he said it like that. Hey, Uma, want to come up for a coffee? And she said, why, yes, senator. Yes, I do. And so once inside, he said, make yourself comfortable on the couch. And she did. And then the senator took off his blazer, rolled up his sleeves, made coffee before sitting beside her on the couch. Then, in an instant, this is in her words now, it all changed. He plopped down to my right, put his left arm around my shoulder, and kissed me pushing his tongue into my mouth, pressing me back on the sofa. Hi, I was so utterly shocked. I pushed him away. All I wanted was for the last 10 seconds to be erased. She said that the senator seemed shocked, but apologized and said he had misread their relationship. Abedin said she then plotted how to leave without this ending badly, as the senator asked her if she wanted to stay. Then I said something only the 20-something version of me would have come up with, I am so sorry, and walked out, trying to appear as nonchalant as possible. Now, she said that she 
kept her distance from the senator for a few days, but eventually ran into him on Capitol Hill. And <laughs> he asked, hey, are we okay? Are we still friends? And she, she nodded. And then Hillary came up to join them. So their little special conversation was, was over. So let me get this straight. And you know what we're supposed to make of this, that it was a sexual assault. Oh, okay. So I want to be straight, all right? So she agreed to go to his place. He kissed her. She pushed him away. He apologized. Then she apologized and she left. If that is sexual assault, I mean, it certainly may be uh, adultery or attempted adultery. I don't know that that's a crime. Um, I mean, <laughs> is attempted adultery a crime? According to Google, uh, adultery is commonly defined as the voluntary sexual intercourse by a married person with someone other than the offender's spouse. Uh, the important to understand adultery is a crime in many jurisdictions, although it's rarely prosecuted. And they consider adultery as intercourse. So, and it is not a crime in Texas. So, if adultery is not a crime, then attempted adultery is most definitely not a crime. <laughs> you can't attempt to do something that's not a crime and that that be a crime. No further questions, Your Honor. Just unbelievable. Keep trying to sell those big books, though, Homa. No problem. Keep trying to sell those books. I understand you need the cash. It'll be okay, baby. Let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink and desperately. Or maybe we can just have a coffee. Nah, not now. <sighs> coffee would have been good, though. Well, I mean, we're in the break room and we're talking about adultery, so we might as well talk about uh, Robert De Niro finally uh, has a done deal with his ex-wife, Grace. You know, they've been fighting for the past few years, and some of the footage we've seen of De Niro was outside the courtroom, and this is what he was fighting about. So they decided that uh, apparently the court said, yeah, that extra money and all that stuff that you've earned, the assets, that's all yours, Robert. Don't worry about it. She gets a $6 million payment so that she can buy a new home and she's going to receive half the proceeds after they sell their $20 million marital home. And she gets a million dollars a year until she remarries. Of course, she's going to be quick to remarry. <laughs> so she gets 6 million to buy a new joint. Cause she can't, you can't expect her to just rent some dump. And when they finally sell the $20 million home, which unless he wants to live there, he just gives her $10 million, right? It's worth $20 million. Whatever it's worth, she gets half and we move on. Uh, and then he's got to give her a million a year on top of that. Woof. He is not going to be happy. I don't blame him, although he probably is happy to finally get it off his plate. But he's going to have to continue to work. That was the argument in court, right? He's 78. Robert De Niro is 78 already. And, uh, you know, he's, that's why he's been working so much to, you know, pay for her, <laughs> pay for her stuff. <laughs> uh, I know that they've been, uh, I forget what they called it. Now he called it something. Gosh, darn it. What, what did he call it? Oh yeah. yeah. They called it, uh, she, uh, she had a thirst for Stella McCartney and diamonds. 
<laughs> well, she could still have that thirst thanks to you, Robert. No problem. Robert claimed that he's drowning in tax debt and the checks for his next two films were going straight to the IRS. Grace argued she was only trying to maintain the extravagant lifestyle she enjoyed during their relationship. Yeah, well, it looks like you're going to be able to. Isn't that right? And Ron Perlman, another actor who has been, you know, struggling with the wife. He was married to her for a long time. Like 30-some years he's married to his wife. Just incredible. They've been married for a long time. So she gets the house. And she gets a leased Mercedes. And he is taking the leased Tesla. (laughs) And... uh, And he has to pay her $12,500 a month in spousal support, plus 20% of his annual income that's between $52,000 and $1.5 million. Wow. I guess he fell in love with uh, some girl he's been having an affair with. Remember, we talked about this a while ago in his uh, TV show, Startup. Well, his relationship with Allison Dunbar is they were all hot and heavy. So I put an end to the old, the old Ron Perlman marriage. Sure. We've been married all these years. So, so I want to be with this chick and I want to marry her. So you need to get out and okay, you can have the house and sure. You can have the least Mercedes. Sure. I'll pay you 12,500 a month and I'll give you 20% of my income, uh, between 52,000 and 1.5 million. I'm not sure if that, what's that? 20% of his annual income between 52,000 and 1.5 million. I'm not sure if that's the bottom range or if that's the, mo- you know, like if whatever his annual income is, she could only possibly get up to 1.5 million or he, or she gets 20% between whatever he makes between 52,000 and 1.5 million. Anything over 1.5. She gets just the 20% of the 1.5. I don't know. I'd have to be privy to the legal documents, and I am not. And did you see where Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, rest his soul, um, made an investment back in 2014 that is going to be worth now well over a couple hundred million dollars. He made a $6 million investment in 2014 in the body armor company. (laughs) Yeah. And now they just have a deal with Coca-Cola. So that could turn his investment into about $200 million or more because Coca-Cola has purchased a minority stake in the sports drink body armor. Wow. So, I mean, that's good for the Kobe family. (laughs) Holy cow. Apparently get this. Now I know he made a lot of money over the years for sure. But, uh, he over his 20 year career earned over $700 million, at least almost 700 million. Right. I mean, he, I guess it said here is total earnings. 680 million were the most ever by a team athlete during their playing career. Right. Okay. So Jordan only made 465 million. I don't know how he lived. Uh, during his playing career. Now, Jordan, you know, has continued to earn a huge amount of money after retirement. Hello, he's Michael Jordan. So he's already a billionaire, right? Whew, my gosh, these guys, man. Now you have uh, individual sports players that have made more. Tiger, uh, Floyd Mayweather. I mean, those two guys you know, made 
huge amounts of money, right? Over their career. <laughs> anyway, congratulations to the Bryant family who will uh, certainly be happy with uh, husband and dad's investment into body armor because it is now worth uh, over $200 million. So congratulations. <sighs> yeah. Uh, thank you to all of you who have donated to my shave ahead, save a human campaign. Uh, my fundraiser for our rescue. Thank you so much. The links are in my uh, bios on Twitter at Jeffy JFR, Facebook, Jeff Fisher radio, Instagram, Jeff Fisher radio. Now you can go to our rescue and find it. I mean, I can tell you the page, which is, you know, my.ourrescue.org slash fundraiser slash Jeffy dash fundraiser. You can go to ourrescue.org and hit the donate tab and then fundraisers tab underneath that, then scroll down and find the save shave ahead, save a human link. Or you could just go to my social media bios and click on the link for the shave ahead, save a human. I'm trying to raise $6,000 to shave my head on the 19th of November. That's how much it takes to take care of one person for one year. And, you know, you get the legal documents, medical, travel to home country, food, water, lodging, transportation, education, vocational trainer for a survivor for one year. You know, I was looking as I was actually going through that to find the actual process of getting to the page. Uh, they do such great work. My gosh. Uh, our rescue is just an amazing organization, saving and rescuing people all over the world. Um, Tim Ballard is just amazing. We've talked to him here on this show before. So if you can help out and uh, donate some money to my fundraiser, shave, uh, hashtag shave head, save human. Uh, you can shave your head too if you want. Hashtag shave head, save human. Uh, I'm all for it. No problem. But uh, donate to my fundraiser and let's at least, you know, help one person rescued from the, uh, from human slavery and sex slavery and, uh, you know, help them get their life together. That would be, that would be wonderful. Thank you very much for those of you that have already donated. Congratulations to Tara Walpert Levy. Or Levy, L-E-V-Y, if I'm congratulating her, I suppose I should know how to pronounce it. But she has been promoted. Congratulations. She is now the VP of Americas, overseeing content partnerships for YouTube. Congratulations. When you say, when you think to yourself, wait, VP of the Americas? Yes, VP Americas for YouTube. She's leading the teams overseeing the Video Giants partnership across the U.S., Canada, Latin America, and Brazil that work with creators and media partners to build their audiences and monetize content. Congratulations. So you will be hearing about her in the near future, I guarantee you. YouTube's ad revenue. <laughs> wow. Is, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's, a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good business. Just so you know, um, in the third quarter of 2021, YouTube generated a record $7.2 billion in advertising sales. That's only up 43% year over year. 
It has more than 2 million creators who participate in the ad revenue sharing YouTube partnership program. Why am I not? I mean, Walpert Levy, you need to give me a call because I need to, (laughs) we need to talk. Wow. Anyway, congratulations to, uh, what's her name again? Oh yeah. Tara Walpert Levy, Levy, Levi, Tara Walpert, L-E-V-Y. VP of America's congratulations. So I see where uh, Ted Sarandos, Netflix co-CEO, was at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony in Cleveland this past weekend because his wife's father, uh, former Motown chairman Clarence Avant, was getting inducted. And Dave Chappelle was there because Chappelle was on hand to uh, introduce Jay-Z at the event and he started out with uh i would like to apologize nah i'm just effing with (laughs) y'all really funny but i guess at the end they shook hands and hugged and kissed and made out in the back and even had a couple of pictures together maybe they just caught up and shook hands and posed for a picture together it was something like that Uh, you know i don't know if they made out or not but uh i guess uh that means that everything's okay or at least they're just being you know, cordial at this event. Are they supposed to do fight and argue? No. And especially now Netflix, uh, the employees at the heart of the Chappelle controversy have now filed charges against the company. You know, at some point, at some point, the straw breaks the camel's back. Don't you think? So uh, I guess the, uh, the one manager was fired for organizing a walkout related to the Netflix support. Uh, I thought that person was given a job back maybe that was another maybe that was another person anyway uh, she uh oh yeah because she leaked confidential information right which apparently you know she's denied so it isn't until proven guilty i know we got it so apparently they're uh, being sued now for unfair labor practice oh come on unfair labor you work for netflix okay whatever i hope that you can Prove your case. Because unfair labor practices, does that have anything to do with the new Colin Kaepernick show on Netflix, which shows the NFL tactics uh, to slavery? Oh, isn't that nice? That video is absolutely agonizing. And it is amazing that they let that slide. But it's part of their limited series on Colin Kaepernick, which is supposed to, uh, you know, recount his formative years navigating race class and culture while aspiring to greatness yeah how'd you navigate that colin you know with your family and then going to college and then playing in the nfl you were so oppressed and to try to compare the nfl to a slave auction is despicable you spent years playing in the NFL or at least tr- attempting to play in the NFL. And it was your choice to leave. You weren't, you weren't blackballed like you like everyone to believe. And you even made a deal with the NFL and got money from them. And now you spent, you spent years trying to get back into the NFL saying you were blackballed and wanted to play. And now you're claiming that it's all was just slavery. It's, it's despicable. And I know that he, uh, you know, I see that this is a recorded thing. I never see him do a live interview anywhere. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see him at least questioned a little bit. 
I doubt that will happen, (laughs) Uh, but I'd like to see it. I know he did an interview with the LA Times, I think, but it was an over-the-phone interview. It wasn't, well, that's a live interview, Jeff. Oh, no, it wasn't an over-the-phone interview. It was an email interview, so it wasn't even a live interview. It was, you know, I'd be surprised, so you... be hard pressed to prove that it was him answering the email. I don't know if it was or not. I, I'll believe him. He says that it was him. You know what? I believe him, but we'll see. Uh, in an email interview, he claimed that uh, he wants black and brown communities, particularly youth, to know we will face racism. We will face white supremacy. We will face oppressive systems, but we have the power to overcome them and the power to change them. I want them to know we don't have to accept the status quo. And ultimately, I want them to be their full selves and to stand firmly in their full power. Do you, Colin? Maybe that's, I don't know, what America is. I haven't seen his show on Netflix. I can't wait, though. Colin in black and white. Man, I can't can't wait. I cannot wait. I'll watch it so you don't have to. Okay, I promise. I'll watch it so you don't have to. But I sure as heck don't really want to. I mean, I I am doing this for you. (laughs) Well, we'll talk about it. You and I will talk about it here on Chewing the Fat, okay? And I'll, you know, it'll take me a little time to get through it because I don't know how long the episodes are and I don't really want to go and look, but I will. And uh, just for you. So I'll get back to you on the Colin show. Okay. I mean, I've got succession. I've got uh, Yellowstone getting ready to start up again. I've got uh, Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead and World Beyond, which you can listen to Talking Walking Dead. Uh, we, I do a show, a Monday show with Jason Buttrell and Maximus Fisher, my son, on the Walking Dead series on either Fear the Walking Dead, World Beyond, or Walking Dead. We're in the beginnings of season seven of Fear the Walking Dead. And anyway, you can listen uh, just by being a subscriber to this show, Chewing the Fat. But, I mean, there's a lot to, lot to watch, a lot going down. A lot happening. Uh, plus, you know, we're in the football season. And we got the World Series on. I was hoping to get that thing wrapped up last night. But nope. Could the Braves win their fourth game? Nope. We're going to take it back to Houston. And I'll tell you another thing that makes me happy. And, I'm, you know, I forget how much I love baseball when I watch the series and some of the playoff games. I don't really pay attention much during the, the year uh, by watching it. But I forget how much I love baseball and how much I loved playing it over the years. But uh, the one thing that makes me so happy about this World Series is that it is in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, to be specific, and in Texas, and you know, Houston, obviously, to be specific, with the Astros taking on the Braves. But the two states that Major League Baseball hates the most being in, and yet they love taking the money from these two states. And the same city and stadium that they pulled the All-Star game out of they got to go there for the World Series. And it would have been really fun to have the commissioner have to present them with the, as the World Series champions in front of that crowd. Now, you know, obviously that's not going to happen because they go back to Houston and that's where we were playing the last two games as the Braves are up 
three games to two over Houston. But and we still, it makes me happy that those two states are involved in the World Series. It makes Major League Baseball at least put their baseball tail between their legs just a little bit. All right, so the Food and Drug Administration granted emergency youth authorization for the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccines in children aged 5 to 11. Yay! The final concurrence from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention is expected this week, making the shocks available more to more than 28 million children. Data submitted for review Pfizer reported the vaccine was found to be 90.7% effective in preventing COVID-19 in the age group. Okay, if that's what you say, no serious side effects were reported to date, really. Uh, But uh, the experts are saying, eh, it was such a small sample size. Huh. I mean, one story says the sample size was 3,100 children, and another story that I read says the study was 4,700 children. So I'm not sure that's still a small amount of children obviously and within that study both stories said that the vaccine was safe and that it was 90.7 percent effective in preventing symptomatic disease oh okay now we do know that almost 2 million kids ages 5 to 11 have been infected with covid in the u.s 8300 have been hospitalized and at least 170 have died. COVID has been the eighth biggest killer in kids in that age group, according to the CDC. The eighth biggest killer. It's down the line. I don't know that we need a vaccine for it, but obviously if the CDC says we do, I mean, my gosh. While kids are much less likely than older folks to get seriously ill with COVID, to quote CDC director Rochelle Walensky, Children are not supposed to die. Thank you, Dr. Walensky. Uptake is expected to be slower than previous rollouts. Yeah, no kidding, until they start, uh, you know, mandating the world for you. A survey found 27% of parents would have their children vaccinated once available. 33% said they would wait and see. 30% said they would definitely not. I mean... If you're getting your kid vaccinated with all the other vaccines, you're going to be hard-pressed to make an argument that you can't do this one. I know. Right now, 78% of Americans, it still should be your right. I know. Don't look at me like that. I'm on your side. Uh, To date, 78% of Americans over 12 have received at least one dose, including 97% of those over 65 years old. 95% of the people in America over 65, have been vaccinated. That's incredible. Meanwhile, the the U.S. is averaging around 70,000 new cases a day. All right. Just over 1,400 daily deaths. Wow. That's, that's an awful lot. Anyway, get your vaccinations and be safe. Okay. That's all I can tell you because, wow. I mean, you know, you're, you know, it's coming to, it's not going to be get your boosters. Uh, it's just going to be, are you up to date on your vaccines? And it's going to be, you know, COVID is going to be part of 
your up-to-datedness. <laughs> yeah, you could quote me on that. It will be part of your up-to-datedness. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, more mandates are coming in there. I mean, they're already here, really. I mean, we're talking about the military is going to lose uh, thousands. The report I read this morning about the Air Force and they're having uh, the rejection rates of thousands are trying to avoid shots. Uh, and they're, you know, saying nobody's getting the, uh, nobody's getting any of the exemptions. And we've talked about that here on this show before, uh, you know, with most of the churches agreeing that the vaccine is fine. You're not going to be able to get that religious exemption. You just aren't, they're just not going to give it to you. But, and it's so bad now that we have the Australian cartoonist that lost his job. And he, it was a funny cartoon. The guy is really funny. And his funny, his cartoon was showing the Tiananmen Square crackdown. Uh, and his Tiananmen Square in Australia was a tank with a syringe on it pointing to a human down. I mean, that's funny. And now he loses his job because of that. Are you kidding me? Come on now. If you can't take a little bit of heat. I mean, we're, we're obviously they can't. They can't take a little bit of heat. So that's where we're at around the world. That's for sure. Not quite as bad in the U.S., but pretty darn close. Uh, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Yay! He welcomed world leaders. Yay! To the climate talks in Glasgow. And he welcomed them with a stark warning. It's one minute to midnight, and we need to act now. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Boris. He also warned of uncontainable public anger if cop 26 if the summit fails on climate will there be public anger boris will there be and the uh, un chief phew, these guys man uh we are digging our own graves we must act to save humanity yeah this is the guy that says uh elon musk could uh you know with his money could save world hunger really because He's uh, six billion dollars. Could world hunger? Elon said, "If you can make it, prove it to him. He'll give you the give you the money." But you can't, since you've already spent eight billion in the past. At least, maybe even more than that. Really, that was probably one year. And you guys are sickening. So, more than one hundred and twenty world leaders have confirmed as uh, attending the uh, COP twenty six in person. That was right after. I mean, they were all in Rome for the you know G twenty summit. Yay. I mean, you got Biden there. You got Kerry there. Uh, John Kerry, that is. Uh, Queen Elizabeth not attending, but she definitely would have been there. She's uh, down for the count now. She's close. She's not going to be with us much longer. Uh, they, they're dragging out Obama to cover for the lackings of Joe Biden. Really pathetic and agonizing. Greta will be there. Prince Charles, Prince William. Stella McCartney, after all her money from uh, De Niro. <laughs> Designer Stella McCartney. Whatever. David Attenborough is going to be there. That's great. He's He, of course, is a COP26 people's advocate. Oh, that's great. I mean, like, now, of course, uh, Xi Jinping, uh, Vladimir Putin, and Brazil's Jair Bolsonaro uh, are not going to be there. I guess they showed up for the G20, uh, you know, on Skype, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. They might have had their 
own special Zoom channel. I don't know. I just know they weren't there in person. So they're not showing up for COP26 either. Greenhouse gas emissions need to drop by almost 50%. This is according to them. By 2030 to avoid the worst impacts of climate change. Oh, no. Oh, no. And you know what? Even if all the countries reach the goals set in the Paris deal, yeah, we're going to hit some of our worst case scenarios by the end of the century. Are we? Are we going to hit some of our worst case scenarios? Or will we just renegotiate the worst case scenarios? Because that's what's been going on for a bunch of years. So um, here's what happens now. More than 200 countries are meeting in Glasgow. It's the 26th session of this meetup. They have 12 days to come up with new promises on how they're going to step it up. And according to this article, nationalism is on the rise. And two of the worst emitters, China and the U.S., are at odds. And at least three leaders from Iran, Brazil, and Russia aren't even going. And while the Biden administration could be talking a big talk, a member of the president's party, Senator Joe Manchin, has been blocking action in Congress. (laughs) You bastard, Joe Manchin, for not wanting to spend trillions of dollars that's going to make this country better. You bastard. (laughs) Now, they did agree, at least at the G20 this past weekend, uh, they stopped, they were going to stop funding coal power plants abroad. So I'm not really sure what that means, except if you're a coal power plant, good luck getting money. I mean, that was Obama's deal, right? I mean, just, I can't believe we're dragging him out either. Just agonizing, man. So uh, apparently we have goals for the COP26 climate summit in Glasgow. That's the G20 that uh, agreed to stop funding coal power plants abroad. Um But the goals of COP26, according to Alak Sharma, the uh, lawmaker and the COP26 president, has said he wants this year's conference to reach agreement on a number of key targets, keeping the goal of 1.5 alive, which can involve anything from reaching net zero by mid-century to slashing greenhouse gases more aggressively over this decade, putting an end to the use of coal, which G20 leaders failed to agree on in room. Well, they didn't put an end to it. They just agreed to stop funding the plants. Yeah, because if they put an end to it, you douche, we won't have any power. Leaders talk about ending unabated coal, which means some coal would continue to be used if the greenhouse gas emissions from it are removed. Providing $100 billion in annual climate financing, which wealthy nations agreed to do by 2020 to help developing countries transition to low-carbon economies and adapt to the impacts of the crisis. I want to go on record. I really don't give a crap about them, but you know that makes me an evil person. Making all new car sales zero emissions within 14 to 19 years. Ending and reversing deforestation by the end of the decade as forests play a crucial role in removing carbon from the atmosphere. And last but not least, according to the Alak Sharma key targets, reducing emissions from methane. (laughs) That's a potent gas with more than 80 times the warming power of carbon dioxide. The U.S. and E.U. are leading a pledge to slash 30% of methane emissions by 2030. Good Good. I can't wait. I can't wait. So that's good news coming from COP26. A lot of good is going to come from that. 
A lot of good's going to come from that. Biden will be asleep through most of it, and Barack Obama, former President Barack Obama, will be there to pick up the slack and make sure that we sign on to some great deals. Right? Yes, of course. And aside from all that, we had President Biden meeting with the Pope this weekend, too, before the G20 or during the G20 or whenever the hell those guys were meeting. But he met with the Pope, and what a fun time that was. According to Biden's people, the Pope told him to keep taking communion and called him a good Catholic. Huh. Because the Vatican didn't confirm that. Uh, So, I mean, could it be true? Sure. Is it true? Eh, I mean, we'll see. I mean, the Pope has said before that uh, the, even people, it's up to the people to decide whether they take communion. Communion is there for everyone. At least that's what this Pope believes. And we had the uh, poopy pants. Uh, <laughs> that's right. We had the uh, we had the the poopy pants conspiracy, the bathroom mishap. Uh, we don't know that it's true. It was just reported uh, around Rome that Biden meeting with the Pope was unusually long because Biden had a bit of an bathroom accident at the vatican had to be addressed prior to him leaving and so (laughs) i mean it was an actual rumor going around rome do you think it happened no but sadly in today's world when you have a president like president biden has been if you hear a story that you that he had a bathroom mishap you think oh well yeah that probably could be true sad sad i mean when you hear a story about someone pooping their pants at the white house it shouldn't be the president right it should be a weather guy from a tv network maybe it's just me and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.